This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I am unashamed. What about you? Welcome back to Unashamed. We are super excited today because, Christian, we've had you on a couple of times. You're old hat. You're just one of the guys. But we have never had Sadie on the Unashamed podcast. And you're here, Sadie. I'm so excited to be here. I finally made it. You are here. We had to boot Jace off the set to be able to make room for Sadie and Christian, (laughs) which was not a bad thing. Although I will say he was definitely an upgrade. Definitely an upgrade. (laughs) A big upgrade. But he yeah. was he was mopey yesterday, Sadie, because he was he was a little bit pouty because he wanted to be here when you were going to be on the podcast. I so. know he's been so encouraging. Every time I've, I've almost been on, I got sick last time. Yeah, we were. Sp- was it like, was about this time last year because it was Halloween. It right was around Halloween, yeah. And he was like, "Really, you know, you canceled last minute, and then I finally rescheduled, and we had to kick him off because I I wanted to bring my husband along That's with right. me because you know." All the fun things. And, yes, this is Christian's third time on y'all's podcast. Yeah, yes. He's, he's one of the guys now. The last time he just we had him on, we just did our regular Bible study, and he did amazing. Oh, so. I love that. That's no, awesome. I love, I, I love being invited down here to be on y'all's podcast, so thank you so much. It's a lot of fun. And then we got Zach from uh, North Carolina, which Zach kind of yep, scared Sadie because he, he came in like the voice of God earlier. <laughs> he literally <laughs> <She> did. <laughs> Sadie didn't know you were hiding out in her, in her picture frame over there. Yeah, I, I come in virtually, so sometimes I'm not very consistent. But well, I knew it was your voice, but I didn't see you anywhere in the room, and it was like, yeah, like where is he "What's coming? the plug for the book?" I'm like, Who, "Zach, <laughs> like always looking out for Zach, the book." Thank you. Zach is like the guy who like called into like the radio, like like the radio show. That's yeah. it. Like this is <laughs> Zach me. from North Carolina. Hey, Zach, from North Carolina. What do you got for us today? <laughs> so uh, my, my role, my role, Sadie, is when there's like a dead space and it's awkward, then I jump in and I'll, I'll say something <laughs> to just keep it moving. So so it gets here, awkward. Here's and I'll another jump thing. In. We do now i just to let you know I, I don't anticipate it today but you never know so i'll make you aware so jay's got a new toy from maddie and it's crickets and so it's, it's mainly for when zach drops a big word because he, he likes to drop one of those like four to six syllable words on us <laughs> from time to time so he he loves it for that and then other things so that's funny if if, if zach drops a big word just if you hear the crickets you know that's what's that it's funny. not you we're not making fun of you <laughs> that's hilarious yeah so so i gotta ask you say the first time you'd been out here yeah uh, to the lair and i always ask people for the when they come out for the first time to do the podcast so what what were you thinking as you're walking through everything out on the other side of this door <laughs> it was hilarious i mean it was just so funny because you would think i would expect this because <laughs> you're you in our family i am i'm in the family and i've obviously come to your house my whole life but I still did not expect this. <laughs> I, I kept saying, Christian, wait, where is it? Where is it? He's like, that, that, you're about to see it. And as soon as we came around the corner, I was like, no way, that is it. However, I then quickly was like, well, of course that's it. Because Peppa Phil would not do a podcast if it was not something like this. I mean, exactly. I don't want to say you wouldn't. You probably still would. But this definitely probably helped you say yes. No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go to town. <laughs> This is just kind of 
what we do. <laughs> well, that, yeah. That's, that's like Jeremiah Johnson. He's been to a town. He's you know, been that's to it. a town. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we were coming up, you know, Christians say, oh, yeah, this is where, you know, we go hunting and then we clean the ducks here and then this is all the ride. And I was like, okay, now this is making sense, you know, because he can literally go duck hunting, walk in, film a podcast. But it is hilarious. I mean, the, the reads y'all have is incredible. Every time, you know, if I ever look at the charts, it's always like us back and back and forth, know, which we, is so had fun. This, which is so much fun. And, and I've had people say, well, do you think you'll you'll ever beat Sadie? And I said, well, we don't really want to beat Sadie. We just love being in the neighborhood with Sadie. That means she's having an impact because I, I don't think our audiences are probably the same. They're not the They're same. They're probably very different. Yeah. Uh, and yet we still have this huge impact, which well, one of my questions that I was going to ask you, Sadie, was just looking back all those years ago, being on the show, doing Dancing with the Stars, could you have ever imagined that you would have the impact that you have on so many first girls, now women? Never. I mean, all across the globe. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. I definitely would never have um, thought that. And you know, it's so cool with God because you look back at your life and then you're like, okay, I can see that you were doing something in me. You know, I can see, you know, the Bible studies I would lead in middle school, how that you know, help shape who I am now and what I'm doing now. But of course, you don't know what tools he's putting in your toolbox for what reason until later. But no, I didn't. And, you know, of course, um, the church we went to, women weren't preaching in the church. I hadn't seen that and thought of that. I did not even imagine at all my life going that direction until, yeah, after Dance with the Stars, I was kind of in this place where I was like, you know, this has been really exciting, everything that's happened for our family. And, um, the fame was exciting, but it also was very scary to me. Yeah. Like it was a little bit overwhelming. And there's this quote from Mr. Rogers, and he says, "Fame is just a four-letter word, like tape or Zoom or." I face. just remember, you were a small little girl. Mm-hmm. And Bible verses were coming out of yeah, it. Yeah, there's, like, there's a famous mm-hmm. video of that. I- Maybe. Yeah, five. five. And it is true. Like, that's what I mean. You look back and you're like, you can see what God was doing. Yep. But at the time, you know, you don't know. So anyways, I just kind of was like, fame is just a word unless you do something with it. Yep. And that's whenever yep. something started shifting in my heart. It's like, okay, I got to do something positive. And I had the example of all of y'all and everything you do, you're preaching the word. And so I started doing that, yep. preaching the word. Which is so awesome that we get to be a part of that with you, because I'll be doing an event and afterwards somebody will come up and they'll have a daughter or two with them and they're like, oh, there's they're huge Sadie fans and they do this, that, and the other, and and so it's all interconnected in yeah. the sense because we all get to do it, you know, from a platform that the Almighty built us, you know. That's right. But he had, you're right, Sadie, he had us prepared at an early age, and it was similar for me. Uh, in my case, it wasn't film, but. 
you know, I was, I think, seven at the time, and Mom tells the story about when we were going through the, the darkest point that we showed on the movie that, you know, I had a word for Mom, you know, that we're, we're going to be okay, our family's going to make mm-hmm. it. And it was at a time where she was just at that sunken low. Yep. And so when I look back on that now and think about all the opportunities I've had to, to teach people, yep. to preach to people, there was an anointing early. Mm-hmm. And there was something there. And so, you know, I had to go through struggles to get, you know, where I needed to be. But at the same time, God, a lot of times picks who he's going to use from a very early age. Mm-hmm. And so he did yeah. that with you, which is a blessing. Yeah, that video, it, you can actually watch it on YouTube for those listening. Cause I oh, really? Was, yeah, I was five years old and I was preaching to my parents on the countertop. And I was just saying, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. God loves you. And um and I said, let's give it up for God. But the coolest part within <laughs> that whole thing is I said, you know, even if I get famous one day, I'm not going to think about myself. I'm giving it to God. And it's like, why would I say that? You know, I was right. five years old yeah. and we lived in Calhoun, Louisiana. That's but a pretty good line for a five-year-old. <laughs> I know. That's like I'm saying. God is obviously in it the whole time. But when you can really see his hand like that, it's pretty powerful. Well, I'm hoping because yeah. we were coming home a few it's been a few months ago, I guess, and Pearl at the time was five, my granddaughter. And I guess she had heard something in Bible Hour that got her cranked up. And so all of a sudden I hear her back there and she's like, that devil, he never wants what's good for you. You have to follow God because he's always the ancient. She's good. So I looked over at BK and BK starts filming her. Wow. So we got about 30 seconds. That's awesome. So I said, hang on to that because you never know. You know, Thank I said, God. she's the same age as Sadie. Maybe one day we'll be saying the same thing about her. That's so cool. I love that. It was so pretty cool. awesome. Um, so I had to tell, this is funny, Zach. So Corey had her 50th uh, birthday party this past weekend. And luckily we were home to be able to, to go over for a few minutes. And so uh, they were getting ready to do a giant nitty gritty game. They said, the games are about to begin. I said, okay, that's my cue to leave. <laughs> and so I don't really do games at this point in my life because it's injuries and, and such. <laughs> and so, because I saw Christian like totally demolish a trampoline that's why i don't do games <laughs> I, did. I did break a, did. I did break a few springs you broke the, you broke he, the trampoline he broke the trampoline i mean he's like wow you know, captain doesn't of, sound good <laughs> no so too many it's too many squats well, yeah. too many squats christian <laughs> well there just, was it was a race okay yeah, i'll let say it well it was just kind of funny because the reason i even put the thing on the trampoline is because i knew christian was going to be faster than everybody so i was trying to slow him down by having to <laughs> jump on the trampoline so that would be like the leveling like you know it would level the ground for everyone but yeah. as soon as Christian beat everyone and jumped on the trampoline the spring just went pew, <laughs> totally, well, so the totally race, busted so the race was like you had to run it was like maybe 20-30 yards to pick up it was like two stuffed animal teddy bears it was, which was the whole thing was just kind of weird um, you had to pick up two teddy bears and like hold them at your waist when you ran and then you had to run another like 20 yards and pick up uh, fruit, snacks. fruit snacks off the, the trampoline tra- and then run, do like a loop and then run back to where uh, two miles Always wonderful were. city people do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. So this this was why my instincts told me when they said, the games are about to begin. I said, okay, I need to find so Corey. So you, you left for all, you didn't get to witness all this No, no, happen. I saw it all on video. So, oh, it here, is on video. It is on video. So here, here's the moment though. So, so I wanted to find Corey because I was been visiting with everybody in the family. But I had not told Corey happy birthday. So I was going to find her and tell her happy birthday before I left. 
So I'm looking for Corey. So I walk outside. Sadie walks, comes around a corner, and she's wearing Corey's high school cheerleading outfit. So you just got to put yourself in my mental frame. I'm looking for Corey. Sadie comes around the corner. <laughs> Could you see it on my face? I like, did. You... I, I stopped and I paused and I because in a in a second my mind was telling me this is Corey, but we've gone back in time. Like <laughs> I, I felt like I was in some kind of crazy movie or something. <laughs> so it took me like two seconds. I'm looking at Sadie. Sadie's looking at me, and I was like. I, I was looking for your mom, but you look like your mom. Yeah, was he was t- so confused. He was like, uh, I, I was looking for your mom, but you, hey, it was like so confused. When I was, I was wearing her outfit because we were all dressed like mom from the different decades yeah. of mom's life. Right. So I had mom's cheerleading picture and I was actually wearing her uniform and I had my hair like her and it stopped you, which is actually funny because, you know, everyone says I'm my dad's twin, which I really am in a lot of ways but you um, have his smile but but it's something about that look yeah. you look so much like that <laughs> was so funny it was a surreal moment it really was it took me a few seconds to gather myself so then i went up to a course and Corey, i just saw you from like 40 years ago 30 or 40 years ago <laughs> that was so funny. and it's your daughter which was pretty amazing but yeah it was a lot of fun it was uh, fun. people were the different eras of Corey and the howards dad the howards know how to do birthday parties i'm gonna say, i'm gonna tell you I mean, Corey's side of the family, they are epic party people. Oh, yeah. They know. They all show, Everybody shows up for the party. Everybody's engaged. They are the best that's ever been for birthday parties, just so you know. <laughs> Us, not so much. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a big birthday celebration that you planned? No. <laughs> Do you have a favorite birthday party that you've, that you've done for yourself? Not really. <laughs> dad, dad doesn't even know what his birthday is. We usually have to tell him. And you just really at this point, you just soon not know, right, Dad? That's right. You just say I'm heading toward eighty, or you know, whatever. Yep. I love it. <laughs> um, so, also, I wanted to say before we get into our regular stuff, you guys are uh, have built a new home, and you're my next door neighbor, which we're yes. super excited about. We live kind of in a compound situation because it's funny because. My family's close to me, and then Willie's family's pretty close to him. And so, and then, of course, Jeff and Jace are in the neighborhood as well. So it's kind of fun that we all get to be there together. Yeah, we're so excited. And um, Jay told me that he said, you know, it's a good thing to be my neighbor because I'm going to be cooking out there. Y'all going to be smelling it. I said, hey. He told me he's going to take Christian under his wing. To, to teach you some of his grill master techniques. Yeah. As well, well, he did. Well, I, I, sh- I shot a deer the other day, and he met me out there for like an hour. We were skinning it, and he was showing me all the all the techniques for it yet for the other for well, it the other day. Yeah, I did tell Jay. I said, "Look, here's the thing. I need you to help Christian because Christian, you know, hasn't been a hunter until this year. He started getting really into hunting, which I haven't had to have the um, you know hunting season wife." you know, experience where your husband's gone all the time in the woods. I've heard of this from everyone in our family, but I hadn't had to experience it yet. And Christian starts hunting and he's, you know, in the woods all the time. So I said, look, I'm totally fine with this. This is great. But I do just want you to learn how to actually get the meat and cook the meat (laughs) because then that'll make it all worth it. So uh, Jay's going to be helping Christian out. And Sadie uh, grew up in a home where uh, the... Mom does not do a lot of the cooking, but Dad does. <laughs> so true. it's a tradition, I think, in your family. It's a tradition. I'm actually. Well, last time I was good. with, last time I was with you guys for dinner, Willie was making hamburgers, and 
I think Christian, you probably ate. You had to eat five <laughs> hamburgers that I saw. This man can eat. Yeah, I, th- I think I mean, it, was, it, it was either five or six, but yeah. <laughs> it was impressive. So you're going to, I think it's a, it would be a good move for you to, to kill animals and to stack your, your freezer full of meat. That's exactly right. Because what I saw was impressive. He's a, he's a protein man. Let's, uh, let's take a first break. Well, it's that season, boys. The duck season is upon us. Deer hunting, it's all out there. Breaking news, I've actually participated in duck hunting, and our season is weeks away. But, but I got to hunt in Maryland, ducks, me and Jep and my good friend Murray, and we whacked them. And look, it was drizzle rain, yep. wind blowing 40 miles an hour, and my gun performed perfectly. You know why? Why? Because I cleaned it before I went out there. There you go. It works every time, right, Dad? So their friends at Barrel Buddy, that was the concept they came up with. They were telling us a story when we first met these guys and talked to them on the phone, which, by the way, they let off with a prayer, which is why we like them even more. And they talked about being in a drizzly, rainy, muddy field days, and they had the old system with the patches and the boar snake and the ways to try to clean your gun. They thought, man, this is just not very effective. And so they came up with the Barrel Buddy model, which are these white polymers, fit any gauge, fit any rifle, any pistol, and they clean it out. You can see what comes out of it. You know what comes out of it as well as when you look down the, your gun barrel. So check these guys out. We want you to be safe and effective. BarrelBuddy.com is where you go. B-A-R-R-E-L Buddy.com. Yeah, I mean... Jay is a great teacher of all things hunting and cooking because he's gotten pretty good at both. Yeah, but Jay is just so funny because he was, you know, we had hoisted the deer up with, with, with the pulley system and everything, and he was just, he was so engaged in it because it was a pretty big deer body-wise, and he just kept being like, you know, oh my gosh, I just cannot believe this thing. So he was showing me, yeah, just all the all the things with the knife and where to cut it and how to, you know, do all, do all the things, but he was, he, he was geeking out about it, but... He's well, awesome. It's pretty exciting for us, I know for Dad, to know that like all this uh, hunting property that we've accumulated through our lives. Because when we were when we were first down here, when I was y- younger than y'all, you know, we didn't have any money to buy hunting property, so we just were like everybody else. We're hunting on public land, and so part of the blessing of the Almighty for us is to have this place that and now we're able to make it like a conservatory a place you know where we have growing deer herds mm-hmm. and turkey and ducks and all that and so to get to see the younger generation you were talking about Sadie about you know getting to experience that I love that because that means that this will live on beyond us mm-hmm. I mean you know dad and then of course the older brothers I mean we're getting at that place where we're wanting our kids and grandkids to to take that legacy because if you don't if somebody doesn't get engaged involved in that mm-hmm. then we won't get to keep this and a, so, a good example of that it was about noon most people don't know this about noon the following day they were approaching the city Peter went up on the roof to pray he became hungry and he wanted something to eat. While the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Huh. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. Here comes a message. It looks like a big sign. It contained the pictures on it. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals. Well, you know, start adding them up, and you'll come up with about deer. How many feet did he have? 
four. How many did the deer? Four. Four. Had four? <laughs> yeah, that's what he's one of them. As well as reptiles of the earth, uh-oh, and birds of the air. A voice told him, it's the Almighty talking, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, arguing with him, I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. He said, the voice spoke to him again, don't call anything impure that God has made clean. Get, eat them, kill them and eat them. Mm. So it is kind of amazing that that had to be verified in case somebody in some cultures say, well, we're against hunting or whatever. Yeah. He said, God's fault. He's the one who made it. He made you and the animals and told you you could eat them all you want and mm -hmm. kill them and eat them. Well, and, and there's something. It is interesting that he did make show that. There's something great about some a tradition in a family that goes through generations of being able to enjoy something and build something together. That's right. So yeah. obviously we have that spiritual legacy, but even just a legacy like that. I mean, so I'm thrilled to see um, you guys getting into hunting and, and that being a part of, you know, what you're learning and then to teach your kids as that goes forward. I mean, that's a great thing. Yeah. We're, we're going to need to take Sadie on a duck hunt this year though. Cause she's never been. So yeah. You need to go. That'd be fun. Yes, I would. I would be down for the hang. I'll, I'll just. I'll go for the fun. <laughs> well, most of the most Robertson women have gone once, and once only. You may be different, but I don't. Most of them went one time. Or like, okay, this is great. I'm you glad. You would I... need a few lessons about weapons. And... <laughs> she yeah. just wants to. That's observe. That's what I said. I'll just, just go for observe. the hang. I'll just go be in the blind. Drink I would love seeing the sunrise with y'all and just yeah. hanging, but I, I don't have to shoot it. You know, Phyllis. You don't you don't you don't want a gun, Sadie, you're not gonna take the gun with you. I don't think I need one. I'll just <laughs> I'll just be there for the fun. However, I would I did see Phyllis post on Instagram the other day about her having a copper head like right beside her. I don't know. Cotton mouth. Turns out it wasn't, by the way. It was a water snake. But upon further review, well, once those of us who knew what a cotton mouth was oh my took a look at but it's still a big, scary-looking snake. That I mean, it was like right next to her foot. He looks so. pretty close to a cotton mouth. He does. But this one wasn't. Yeah, Oof. Was. That, see, in that case, y'all might have to teach me how to use a gun because <laughs> that would scare the mess out of me. <laughs> no, because Christian would be your protector. He would jump in there and wrangle that snake. We'd rather you not blow a hole in the bottom of the line. <laughs> <laughs> Which has been done before, I yeah. will say that. Well, and then and then uh, when you and uh, Jacob went hunting last year, I heard Jacob put the wrong shells in the oh, yeah. his gun. So that, that that was actually just a few weeks ago. No, it was during teal season. Yeah, it was during so. teal season. Yeah. yeah, that was a that was a nightmare. <laughs> that was not a good situation. Wow. The chronicles of Jacob hunting are pretty funny. Yeah, the next generation, um, Christian and Jacob, they love it. But yeah. the stories they already have and the pictures they send us when they're out in the woods is pretty hilarious. They they could definitely carry on another TV show that would be very entertaining of the next generation. So <laughs> only Jacob. So I'll tell you this, Christian, because since Jacob's not here, I wish he was. Because so Jay's, you know, I always get Jay's time. Uh -huh. He said, you know, Christian, he's teachable. I mean, like. He, he's open. He's he's willing to learn. But Jacob, ah, he's that's a lot of work. <laughs> that's a lot of work. <laughs> so that's Stone's take on the yeah. two of you. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I like you're to, teachable. I like, I like to try to be teachable. Um, Jake, it's, it's, Jacob's just so funny because he's so hungry. He's so hungry to learn, but he's just he's just I, I don't really know. He's just hilarious. He's he, there's always something like that that happens that you just kind of scratch your head up. That's funny. So, so Sandy, I wanted just because we've had Christians, the first time we had Christian on, we were all, and Jace was here, uh, 
we were all so curious because we didn't really know like how y'all met and the whole how all that whole story. And so we were just peppering him with questions about it, and he and he did well telling the story. But since he's on record now as an unashamed nation, I, I at least want to hear your version of meeting him and like when did you know and all that. When the it, longer version, yeah, the longer version, yeah. Well, it's always funny because when people ask us like, "How did y'all meet?" Depending on how much time we know we have, <laughs> he'll tell the story. Or I'll tell the story because right. his story is very short. <laughs> I'll try to be fast, but yeah, we met. It was actually a really cool thing. So I was down at the beach with my friends. I'm sure this is probably so far lining up with mm-hmm. his story. Yep. Um, but it was kind of unique because I was in a relationship with this guy. But we were long distance. And I was like, okay, I knew we needed to break up. It was time. And so as soon as we got to the beach, my friends, I was like, I'm so excited for this vacation. But like, I need to break up with my boyfriend because I just did not have peace about it. It was just time. So I did. Then I tell my friends, I am so done with dating. I'm putting this to the side right now. This has just been too much drama. And so I'm just going to take a little dating break. Six months. I said I was going to take six months of a break. <laughs> so I say this. They video me saying it to so hold me no accountable. no dating for six months. No, no dating. dating for six months. I was like, I have to just stop. I just need to just spend time with the Lord. And so they video me saying it to hold me accountable. So I fully intended to follow that plan until the very next day. I met Christian. <laughs> Until the very next week. <laughs> Until the 24 very... hours <laughs> later. It wasn't even 24 hours later. It wasn't love at I first would, sight. It really or... was. I'll never forget. I literally will never forget well, this Almighty moment. Well, the Almighty might have well sent him on down. Just <laughs> I know. I think, but I do think God, I, I think there's a reason I said that I acknowledge that I really wasn't dating well and I did need to slow it down and it actually set us up for success. Well, it's hard to believe, but the Christmas season is coming. And so, you know, we try to give you some good ideas for some great Christmas gifts, and we've got one. Uh, In this one, uh, you would get every month a faith-based kids book club done by Brave Books. And, Jace, you happen to know one of the authors of one of their fantastic books. I do. I consider my lovely wife, Missy, a warrior when it comes to family, in our family, and just helping other families. And she partnered with Brave Books and come up with Because You're My Family. It's a wonderful book. She did amazing. And we have a lot of other great authors, Kirk Cameron, a lot of people. Really fantastic books. Allows you to spend some time with your children, of course, strengthening their morality, but also the bond within your family. The Freedom Island Book Club from Brave Books is a series of books that helps you grow this relationship with your kids. I can't think of a better thing to do, uh, especially during the Christmas season, uh, than share this with them. Subscribe to the Freedom Island Book Club at bravebooks.com. You'll get Brave's newest book for free when you subscribe. Use the code UNASHAMED and get 20% off your subscription. That's bravebooks.com. Use the code UNASHAMED for 20% off your subscription. So I see Christian on the beach, and Bella had known him. Um, she met him like a year and a half before. And so I knew who he was, but I'd never met him. So I saw him. I was like, 
oh shoot and so i told my friends i literally turned around before we walked up to him and i said delete that video like i knew i knew as soon as i saw him i was like destroy the evidence destroy that and my friend was like no do not don't even talk to him don't even still have the video yeah we still have the video and it's so funny because it's dated you know yeah right July 2nd, 2018, and I met him July 3rd. And so it was just so funny. Well, then I really did try to avoid him all night. I was like, okay, I, I just said I'm not going to date anyone. He's too cute. I can't even I can't even talk to him. And then he came up and talked to me at the end of the night. Because he hadn't made a video. He hadn't made a video. He was in <laughs> so the clear. He was, still, he was still on the move. That's what was yeah. happening to you. I see so that. he was still in the clear. So I ended up following him on Instagram later that night. And I don't know if he told this part of the story, but... When I followed him, I saw that he had messaged me a year and a half before, and I never saw the message. And um, it was like the nicest message ever. And he was like, I saw you preach at Passion. It was really powerful. I love what God's doing in your life. And I was like, this guy. (laughs) So what else did I say? (laughs) And then he said, and I think you're the most beautiful girl in the world, which I was like, that's very nice. (laughs) And so, (laughs) So that was how we started talking. But how I knew he was the one is actually kind of a funny story. Like when I knew like, okay, I think I'm going to marry you. Jeff, I did not share this part. Was actually when I went to break up with him. And I I did not know that. I did (laughs) not know I was going to get dumped. So it it was. So now we've been with Christian enough. He's the guy from earlier. You're about to break up with him and make another six months. I know. I was about to break up with him. And then by the end of the conversation, I was like, I'm going to marry him. So it was actually kind of funny because he didn't realize I was breaking up with him. And still recently. I'm still in denial. (laughs) So recently I was telling this story. Keep in mind, I did not know that until like you didn't tell me 10 months post that moment that you were going to dump me no didn't he that. didn't know oh, you until you like didn't, months you didn't pick later. up on it in the moment at all no not at all no. or 10 months post <laughs> that that conversation but let me tell you how cool it was so this is what happened so i was like okay i really don't need to be i, I said i wasn't gonna date anyone this is after our first we had an awesome first day everything was going great but then i was like i'm i just don't need to be dating anyone i'm too i'm too busy right now like i'm about i was about to go on tour i was about to uh be in like 17 cities preaching all the stuff he was in college I was like I'm not I was really thinking I'm not gonna be a good girlfriend right now like I don't really have time to come see you and I'm not gonna be able to talk to you all the time so I was she really was gonna go with the it's not you it's me it was like truly it was it's ultimate. not yeah, you that's, that's the ultimate it's not you it was the me. ultimate it's not you and it really wasn't him it really was me like I really was like this is me I'm removing myself from the situation so I called him and I was like hey you know our date was great, all this stuff. But I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I just really don't think I'm going to be able to date right now because this is I'm so not how that works. No, I was well. This is how I was. I would have known. I would have known you were yeah. going. So I was like, yeah. I'm really sorry. I was like, I would just feel so bad. I was like, I would feel so bad that I couldn't talk to you. I couldn't call you. I couldn't text you. I would be on the road. And then Christian was like, what? He was like, hold on. He's like, stop. Just stop talking. Which, first of all, I just love that. For some reason, that just already, I was like, this is great. Because I feel like I naturally like lead in situations and scenarios. And I didn't want to lead in a relationship. I really wanted whoever I married to, to lead me. But sometimes it's hard because I naturally you're a leader. am a leader. Yeah. And so I love that he was like, wait, he was like, hold on, stop talking. And then he was like, he's like, don't ever apologize for what God's doing in your life. 
And um, just when he said that, I was like, wow. And I realized I do apologize a lot because I feel like, oh, I'm sorry I'm so busy or I'm sorry I'm doing this or whatever. And I never want people to feel, I didn't want people my age to feel intimidated by what I was doing or jealous of what I was doing. So I would constantly like apologize. He was like, don't apologize for what God's doing in your life. And then he said, if it's a win for you and if it's a win for God, and if it's a win for the kingdom, then it will always be a win for me. And uh, then I was like, forget the plan of breaking up with you. I'm going to marry you. That was like <laughs> awesome. And so I just like. You know, your grandmother, when we got together, she was in the 11th grade and I'm graduating. So I'm a senior. She's got one more year of high school. I said, well, it's been fun. And she said, wait a minute. She said, do you think you're going to college and leave me over here? She said, I'm going with you. Hmm. I said, get in the truck. <laughs> See, yeah, it was just like it was just like this, just like you guys. Sometimes yeah. you just yeah. need to be like, no. That's basically what Christian said. Get in the truck, right? Sadie. I love it. I love the confidence of just like, no, we're not. This is a good thing, and just yeah. Which is funny because I, I still just he didn't know I was breaking. Out I thought it was just a normal conversation, but. Well, yeah, I, so truth be told, the confidence came from the fact he didn't know you were breaking up with him. So he would yeah, just... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that helps. I was nervous, so I'm sure I did fumble my words. So thankfully, I didn't really get it all out before he stopped uh, me in my tracks. And then I just, like, just we kept talking. I just acted like I wasn't breaking up with him and got on board with what he was saying. I was like, I love and that. And now you've reminded him again all these years later that that was it. Yeah. Yep. It yep. is interesting that you moved Well, on. you have two beautiful kids. We do. We have beautiful girls, awesome family. You're preaching the gospel all over the world. And I, I want to know how, how is... God's doing some great things with you, little girl. He is. How, how has that changed you guys? Because, like, obviously you went into your relationship, and, and we were talking about the book because you guys have written a new book, um, and some of that goes in with what you were just talking about. But how is how has that now being parents changed your, the dynamic of you guys, even in ministry and, and everything that you're doing? Because... Kids put you in a new season, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's different. I mean, yeah. what would you say has been the biggest difference being a, mm-hmm. a mom and a dad now? You want to go? Yeah, well, I was just going to say just simply just time. I mean, you know, you have less time to do things that you typically would do if you weren't a parent. You know, when we were newly married and even just before we were married, you had, you know, you had a nice quiet time in the morning and you had, you know, time to do kind of things more so like that. But now it's, you know, we were up at, 2 a.m. last night, 5.30, and <laughs> so we woke up at 7.30 this morning, like, just feel like I got hit by an 18-wheeler, and the last thing I was thinking about doing was, like, going to read my Bible and have a quiet time, because I'm just, like, in the biggest days, so it's, like, trying to adapt to things like that of, you know, carving out time throughout the day and in different situations that, you know, for, for time with God that looked different, you know, years ago before that, but... um. Yeah, it's 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 been cool because we 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 travel a lot and our kids come with us to I'd say ninety percent of the things that we get to do. Um, so it's been cool to invite them into those moments. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's def- there's definitely a lot of different dynamics of uh, time that I would yeah. say for me is probably the biggest yeah adjustment. It's been awesome. I think Christian he's such a disciplined person, and we talk about that a lot in the book. Um, just he is very disciplined, and so I think for him having kids, it was like whoa, you know, my routine is totally off. I am not a very routine person. 
Um, I kind of like I'm used to living in the chaos. And I think, you know, having our show when it when we had it throughout my high school years, that was just so crazy. You can't it was, make it. It was drinking out of a fire hose. It was. Mm-hmm. The whole period yeah. of time. Let's, let's take another break. So, Dad, we've seen uh, your videos get censored a few times in the past. Uh, you had one a few years ago where you were plucking a duck, and they called it animal cruelty, even though the duck was already dead. <laughs> so uh, the tech companies can shut you down any time over the silliest. There's a lot of feathers flying in every direction just to meet the world's food stuff. <laughs> That's exactly right. You got to plug them somewhere, don't you? <laughs> so these tech companies can shut you down any time over the silliest things. The folks over at Blaze have always let us say whatever we want on any of Dad's shows. And now they've launched another way to deliver content that won't get canceled or demonetized. If you go to theblaze.com right now, you'll see they've redesigned Blaze News. They've got news, opinion, analysis, lifestyle, sports, and tech commentary. But what you won't get are those annoying ads you see on other websites. All they're asking is if you find their work valuable, visit theblaze.com and subscribe to Blaze News. It's less than the cost of a cup of coffee a month to cut out the ads and invest directly in their news and commentary. If you're already a Blaze TV subscriber, the new ad-free Blaze News will be included with your Blaze TV subscription, along with Unashamed and 800 episodes of In the Woods with Phil. So check out the new site at theblaze.com. Uh, yeah, it was drinking out of a fire hose the whole time. So you grew up. I didn't think about yeah. that. That's how you grew up. Yeah, so I grew Even up. Well, truth be told, all truth, yeah, truth be told, though, that I think that's a, our entire family. We do kind of like operate in the chaos. It's yeah. kind of the <laughs> it's kind of the magic, you know. It's true, but you it's do. exhausting at times. And I think you know uh, that really is how I grew up. Our schedules were always crazy. It was always changing. There's always so many people in the house, and so I. I like that. That doesn't, you know, I kind of lean into that. And so having kids, um, yes, the schedule is crazy. And I I said, now I kind of have like a permanent eye twitch because I just don't sleep at night. (laughs) But um, this is like my favorite season of life ever. I mean, I just, I love it. And I think having two girls is the most fun thing in the world. And in some ways, it actually makes our time even more intentional when we are together as a family, you know, because um, I think that time is just so sacred. And when we're home and it's just the four of us and it's just been Who so looks so after the kids when y'all have like a function like this? Yeah, we have an amazing nanny. She's awesome. She's a godsend. She's you know, the best ever and loves the Lord and loves our kids and they love her. And so that's been a huge blessing. And then, you know, we live so close to mom and to mama. So we have so much help around us. And, you know, truly, because people say, you know, it's crazy to have kids. You're so just young, a stone's throw from Willie. Yes. Oh, yeah, right there. We have people all around us. And I I did say we're about to, like you mentioned, we're about to move into our new house, which is so close to my mom and to my grandma. And I was like, this is dangerous because if I was, you know, living this close to my grandma at that age, I would have ran away from home every day. Like I would have just. (laughs) what my grandkids do. Well, because I always used to tell mom when I was upset, I would cry and I'd say, I'm moving in with two mama. Like that was like my thing. So I was like, honey's definitely going to throw out. So I'm moving in with KK and Dubs. It's really sure. funny because you and John Luke uh, were same kind of relationship that Lisa and I have with Carly and Bailey because you were the oldest two mm-hmm. of the oldest child. Mm-hmm. 
And so you're around longer. And, and so that puts you in such a close proximity with your grandparents. And so that's the way it was with us. And so we are super close. And I love all my grandkids, of course, but there's a, a some kind of a special bond mm-hmm. with the oldest mm-hmm. one or two in, yep. in the UK. So I, watching you guys grow up, I noticed that same thing between Chris and, and, and you guys and Johnny, which is really great. So, it's true. Uh, so tell, me, tell us about the book. Um, kind of what's the idea behind it, how to put love first. It's a 90 day challenge. So it's, it's like a devotional, right? Yes. It's a devotional 90 day challenge. And it really, it's about love, but it's for everyone. Um, when people were asking Christian and I, they're like, we want you to write a relationship book. And we were like, um, you know, we've only been married for almost four years. I don't think that we should be the ones writing a relationship book. We're reading relationship books. You know, we, we actually read a lot of relationship books. We were dating and engaged and they helped us so much. And, and still when we hang out with married, older married couples, you know, we're always saying, give us your best piece of marriage advice. Like we're constantly learning and we just don't feel like we're at the place where we have that much to, to give, you know, as much as we have to learn. And so we kind of just put it off for a little while, you know, I don't think it's the time for that. And then Josh Kirby, y'all, y'all know Josh. Mm-hmm. So he's a, he's a, my cousin, he's a marriage and family counselor. And he reached out to me one day and was like, Sadie, you know, I think it would be really cool if you wrote a relationship book. Um, and he said, and I can help you. I'm a marriage and family counselor. I've been that for 10 years. I can kind of put in the expertise and the wisdom where it, where it comes to relationship. And y'all just be vulnerable. Just be real. Talk about your day-to-day struggles and relationships and I was like, you know, that's actually a pretty cool idea. Like if we're just honest about how we do relationship and then we have him coming in with kind of just some really good advice from seeing relationships. Well, we started talking about this concept and um, as we started writing it, it really wasn't intended to be like this. It was just as we started writing, all of them were about God. Like it was just like our relationship with God, our relationship with God, our relationship with God. And so we were like, you know, this really is becoming a relationship book with how do you have a good relationship with the Lord? And so we called it how to put love first, because it's really, how do you put God first? Because God is love. And then from there, all of your relationships will naturally be better because love is in the right place. And so that's kind of where the concept came from. And um, a first 30 days are your relationship with God. So if you get that down, it's going to get better. The next is like your relationship with uh, people and your relationship with your community. And so. Yeah, and it really that's is, good. you know, like Sadie said, it's not it's not like a romantic relationship book. It's, it's really, honestly, a lot of it is just practical stories of, you know, mishaps and scripts that we've had over the years of, you know, situations where we did put God first and situations where we didn't. Yeah. And things that we've learned from, you know, the things where we didn't. Like, for instance, there's, we we expose ourselves so many times throughout the book of just, you know, embarrassing stories and stuff. We'll talk about, you know, I'll talk about road rage of somebody pulling out in front of me and it's, you know, I'll get so worked up and then it's like a, you know, 80 year old woman like driving like this. And I'm like, okay, well now I feel like a, you know, a jack wagon. <laughs> so situations like that. And it's like, well, how do you be patient in those situations? And um, even like what you mentioned earlier with time, like, you know, how do you learn how to have, you know, just how do you walk with God 24 seven and not just get frustrated when your morning didn't turn out the way it is? You know, it's more practical. Like, how do you just have love first and it makes your life better? Yeah, it's like, if, if you don't have that, would you have a 20 minute drive to work? It's like, well, instead of listening to, 
you know, secular music in there. You can, you know, you have a Bible app on your phone that you can literally press the press the play button and it reads the script, reads the daily scriptures or whatever that could be. So it's very practical. There's so many things that you can do that I think sometimes we can just not be disciplined at it that we lose sight of it. But yeah, it's really just a lot of it's just trying to be relatable to people. Of um, you know, there are plenty of things that we we struggle with still, and um, yeah, so it's we're well, really I think excited about it. as believers. Um, we have the ultimate advantage because we understand uh, sacrifice, submission mm-hmm. to each other. We, we understand so many of the biblical principles, but you're right. I love uh, what I loved about it because I kind of perused it last night was how practical living that is. And so you ha- but you have to be intentional, right? I mean, you have to make a decision. I want to apply my relationship with God and our, the way we are into one another. Right. And into our parenting. And so it's that intentionality that I really liked about it. And Lisa and I are super excited to, to go through it because I, I think anybody at any stage of a relationship has to look back and say, look, let's make sure we're right with God first. Because we do our testimony all the time. Our lives change, our marriage change when we finally both got on the same page with God. Yeah. And because we went through 15 years without that, you know? Yeah. Jill and I talk about this a lot with our own marriage. The, the biggest breakthrough that we had was when. You know, we had we had kind of approached our marriage early on as kind of skills based marriage improvement, and I love how you guys kind of flip the script on that. And you start the first thirty days. If you look in the book, it's God sees you, God knows you, God offers salvation, God is your father. God, I mean, it's, it's every the first word in the first thirty day study is God, and I love that because it's. It's the point of our marriage is not, it's like the old Jerry Maguire, you know, you complete me. And it's like, well, not really. And I mean, that's the problem is if you're coming to this other person to complete you, then you've already missed the premise and the point of marriage. And so what you guys did in the, in the book is, is that you're putting the preeminence of, of God first, and this is the foundation. And so anyone that's listening, by the way, it's, it's not intimidating. It's not like, I mean, these are really kind of formative practices that you can go into on a 90 day schedule. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's like overwhelming that you're going to read like, Oh my gosh, what it's, it's, it, it, it is just a rhythm, the, a 90 day rhythm and a reset. So I love it's the true. way that you guys did this by starting that mm-hmm. rhythm off with who is God. Yeah. And then let's talk about us. I love that you said that. Cause that was actually when we first it was the book was pretty much done, and that was the last thirty days. Was all the God sees you, God knows you. That was the last part, and I was literally walking through Walmart one day, just getting groceries, and it was like conviction. I was like, "That has to be first. Like that has to be the yeah. first thing. Like that can't be the last thing." And I think sometimes in our relationships we treat it like that. It's like let's you know figure out each other, and then we'll go to church on Sunday. Like that's like the last thing. But it's like no, yeah. that has to be the first thing. And so I literally called my editor in Walmart. I was like. We got to change it. That has to be the first 30 days. And I was like, and if you, and I was like, and if you don't change it and make it the first 30 days, then I will on social media tell everyone to read the book backwards (laughs) because I was like, you have to start with it. Or it doesn't. You literally set the script. You literally literally did. I literally called her and said, we have to change that to the first 30 days. And if we can't change it to the first 30 days, then I'm going to make it a marketing thing and I'm going to put all over social media to start backwards (laughs) because it won't. It, that's the, the whole point is putting love first. And if it really, oh, if we really are saying to put God first, 
then why is that not the first 30 days? Why is yeah. that not the most important thing that we're talking about? And, you know, we were actually, we're watching Tim Keller's uh, Meaning of Marriage study right now with mm-hmm. our uh, marriage group. And it was like so good because they're interviewing this couple. One couple is a Christian couple. One couple is not. And the Christian couple was talking about how their marriage operates. And they were talking about a cord of three strands is not easily broken and just how powerful it is that God is in their relationship and kind of keeps them centered. Well, the non-Christian couple hadn't heard of that verse. And the guy said, you know, that's actually a very... He said that would be a really amazing thing to have in a relationship. He said, because in our relationship, the way that it works is when something goes wrong, we both do go to our outside sources, like the other thing in our relationship, but that would be our friends, our family. But she's going to a friend and I'm going to a friend. And so he said, what happens is when we're in conflict, we're both going to other things and other people. And then sometimes we get even more unstable because the advice they're getting from other people might not be bringing them closer together. It might actually be, you know, leading them further away. So he said to think about having a third strand that is based on truth that we would both be going to, to center us. He said, that actually sounds like a good idea. And uh, it was just, like, pick me. yeah, I was like, you know, it's cool to hear from the yeah. outside perspective of, oh, that's how, you know, a relationship with God works. That's why, that's the beauty of it is that your relationship is not, you know, dependent on each other's feelings or season of life that you're going you through look, or circumstance. You can look back at it and say, we could be wrong, but we doubt it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm writing a book. That's the name of it. <laughs> I love that. Speaking of new books, yeah, that's yeah. what God's done for you. You lay it all out. You, you're walking in His step, and you say, "We could be wrong, but we doubt it." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the book people love that. They said, "That's, that's the it. title." Yeah, I love that. That's, that's great. Pretty cool. With uh, with I love how you start too, because the core of intimacy. And I was thinking when I was reading through your book that how it starts with God sees you. And and I'm thinking, man, think about like what went wrong, just the whole biblical narrative. And the first thing that happens when sin enters the world is Adam and Eve says, I don't want you to see me. Mm-hmm. And, and they cover and they cover. And it's like, like, uh, that's why I love, I, even at the beginning, like God sees you, God knows you. Like you, you can, this is like the seeding of the gospel at, at the very beginning of it. And it's just crazy how the gospel really is the answer for marriage too. It's the answer for intimacy, but it's this idea of, of, you know, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be intimate with somebody, they have to see me and they have to know me. The problem is I have sin. That's why uh, chapter three or day three is God offers you salvation. And so you can start to see these, this rhythm between me and God is almost a mirror of a rhythm between me and my spouse. And I, I just love that. I, I don't know if you guys are even thinking about like the creation, fall, redemption, kind of Genesis 1, one 2, and 3 narrative here, but it, it just it's just all in the way you guys set this up. It's absolutely beautiful. That's cool. Yeah, the Apostle Paul wrote in First Corinthians chapter 1, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us, who are being saved, it's the power of God. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's just according to how you look at it. Yeah, That's and having great. that openness. Zach, I was in my sermon Sunday, I was talking about hypocrisy because we were in, I was in Luke 11, 
and that's the woes to the Pharisees. You know, they were legalists, and so they were being hypocrites. And I and I said the only difference in a hypocrite and a sinner is one admits who he is. And yeah. when it comes to hypocrisy, it's like you have two options, and I use the garden as one of those. You can have shame, and you know this. Uh, that's all I know. And then then there's exile because that's what happened to yeah. them. So people just you know they don't know what to do with their lives because they're just living in the shame. Or you can have salvation. And you look at Psalm 51, and you see how David responded to hypocrisy. When he finally had that inward look, you know, when Nathan finally got through to his heart, he was like, then read Psalm 51. I mean, here's a guy who's just pouring it out, and he's like, man, God, you're so good, and I'm so not good. Mm -hmm. And so you look at those two pictures, and you're like, how do I want to respond? Mm -hmm. Do I want to respond in salvation and surrender, or do I want to respond in shame? And that really becomes our two choices. It's good. Mm. But that's good. Yeah, I, 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 the, and you see that play out throughout the Old Testament as well. Uh, we're doing, we're going through Luke right now, but we kind of got on a detour. The last podcast, uh, we're getting into the whole thing on the kingdom and going back to like some of the Old Testament prophecies. But you know, you read through Isaiah and you look at Israel and Judah and 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 just like it was the same pattern that you're talking about, Al. Just like it's it's this pattern of. Same pattern from the garden, and we we do it now. But it's right. I don't want to be seen for who I really am because if I am, then I might be rejected because I know who I really am, and and I had that in my marriage early on. I don't want Jill to see me for who I really am because if she sees me, then she's probably not going to love me. And so there's a level of protection, a, a level of I mean, it's a fig leaf is what I was doing, putting a fig leaf up so that you couldn't see my nakedness. And I think that the the world solution is often uh, some version of this that God looks at you and says, uh, you're, I know you think you're bad. You're not that bad. You're great. But the truth is we know we're, we are bad. And I, I know that I, I know my, my, my inadequacies. I know my moral failings. I know my character falls if I'm being honest. And so that's a horrible solution because when I hear it, I hear bootstrap yourself up. And when I heard that in my marriage, bootstrap yourself up, it was just met, met with more condemnation, more shame more inability to actually do anything about it. And that's not the gospel. I mean, the gospel is Romans five, that while we were enemies, Christ died for us while we were, you know, while we he died for the ungodly, he died for us at our worst. And so God sees us in our brokenness. Mm -hmm. He sees us in our rebellion, sees us in our wickedness. And he says, I know you think you're bad, but here's the truth. You're actually much, much worse than you think you are. And (laughs) I died for you there. That's where I died. That's where I see you. And that's where I know you. And if God sees me and knows me, it's first two days of the of, of of your book. If God sees me and he knows me while I'm an enemy and he says, and I died for you there. Now, that's true intimacy because I don't have to perform for him anymore because I can't. And he saw me at my worst and he's not leaving. He's present and available at my worst. He says, that's where I came for you. And so when you can experience that with God, it is transformational and I know it's progressive. I mean, I've been a Christian for 20-something years, and I still have shame. I still have guilt. I still deal with stuff, but it's a progressive healing that God is teaching me intimacy. And then I can take that into my marriage, and and now I can model my marriage after who God is. You know, that's Ephesians 5, right? I mean, it's it's modeling after the Trinity, modeling after God. And I think that's where healing's at, but it, it, we're so broken that we need— Rhythms. That's why I love Christian. Love your podcast, by the way, because you're talking a whole lot about physical formation and spiritual formation. But this happens through daily 
rhythms. And I love the 90-day rhythm. I think it's such a perfect time to reset. So um, we're, so we're out of time, but uh, how to put love first, nine-day challenge. It's uh, from Thomas Nelson. I'm assuming just anywhere you get books. Anywhere you, you find that. Books. Also, of course, uh, Christian's 4-8 uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. The 4-8 Men podcast. Yep. 4-8 Men. Look for that. And then WOA. Whoa, that's good. <laughs> that's good. It's Sadie's podcast. We're always right there in competition. Friendly, good competition. Friendly competition. As well four as- 4-8 Men. 4-8 Men. That's right. 4-8 yeah. Men. I'm not a- I'm not- I'm not competition up there yet, but uh, that's all right. Y'all are the Y'all are growing. You're growing. You're getting there, Christian. So uh, before we go to overtime, uh, Sadie and Christian are going with us to overtime. I asked them to find something Luke 15 through 18, which is where we are in our text. So we will do something out of that for our overtime segment. If you want to follow us over for a little more with uh, Christian and Sadie, blazetv.com slash unashamed is where you can find that. So thank y'all for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. It was awesome. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.